Hey, Pillow Talk Pod Squad. It's your girl, Simone, and you are tuned into episode 312, I think, 312 of Bonnets and D-Racks, a Pillow Talk podcast. I am so glad that you are listening to this episode. Um, we had to take a little bit of a hiatus because life was a little crazy. I had CultureCon going on, and if you attended CultureCon, I totally appreciate it. We totally appreciate it. It was such an amazing conference for Black creatives in the New York City area, um, and I just am so grateful to be a part of that and that experience experience and be able to put it on for you all. So that is where I was at. Um, But I'm back. I'm better. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. This episode is all about uh, Latinx culture in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. I mean, it ended October 15th, but we here. October ain't over yet. So definitely wanted to make sure that I showed love to my uh, Latinx brothers and sisters. So today's conversation specifically is about being Afro-Latino, Afro-Latina in this culture. Um, You know, as of recently, especially within the last year or so, um, the conversation has heightened. Identities have been, you know, brought to the forefront. Forefront people who may have identified as just Black as before, before, now may identify as Afro-Latina. So I wanted to make sure that I brought people into the conversations because I am not the expert here, but I want people to speak about their expertise and their experience, um, you know, living as an Afro-Latino, Afro-Latino person. So let's go ahead and just do introductions. Jamila, you can start first and we'll go around the table. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Jamila. I am Puerto Rican and Jamaican. I am from the South Bronx, and I am an NYU graduate student. Yes. My turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Year. Just kidding. <laughs> um, my name is Paola. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, if you see me, I look... Actually, I could be anything, but Racially I'm Dominican. Ambiguous. Yes. I'm <laughs> very Dominican. Um, and I'm a librarian. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what's up. Read them Love books. that. Yes. Uh, my name is Marquise. I come from New Jersey, North Jersey, Oakland, New Jersey, to be specific. I live in Harlem now, been for the past five years, and I am black. My dad was born in Jamaica. Um, mom's family's from down south, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to have you all here. Happy to be here. So let's get started. So I want to speak to the ladies in the room. Can you kind of just walk us through what your experience as being an Afro-Latino um, girl, woman has been in your life? You know, maybe starting um, within your childhood and how you identified and how people saw you and, you know, understood your skin tone and your experience. So just give us the rundown. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so as I said, I'm Dominican. Growing up, it was very interesting because I do have, like, half of my mom's side of the family lives in Italy. In fact, my grandmother is Italian because she has an Italian citizenship. It's not because she's, like, born in Italy or anything, but um, all my cousins on my mom's side are all mixed. And if you see them, they look very mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's me. Um, my mom is lighter. My dad is dark as as dark as it gets. Um, I actually envy him because he's like chocolatey, but all over. I have like seven different skin shades. Like it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, growing up, it was very hard because I was always the darkest one, and I was like, granted that my cousins lived in Italy, I was here. I grew up with all boys, and I was like the little sister, and they were mean to me, so they would always call me things like Blackie or like. 
they used they that used to call me nigga like nigga mm. come over here because I was darker and I remember my mom told me that I was, when I was like five I would always ask her like mom why am I black mm. and she would just look at me and be like you're you're black but it doesn't matter and you're prettier than any because I guess we were talking about beauty or whatever mm-hmm. and she would always say like and you're prettier and you're smarter than any other person regardless of your skin color and then in high school then high school came and people would be like oh you're pretty to be black mm-hmm. and even like in Dominican culture they also say that like you're black but you're pretty it's like a but but mm. like they would say una morenita linda like you know and it's just like no sweetheart mm-hmm. I'm pretty because I'm black mm-hmm. Period. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just learned to love my skin color eventually. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I never liked my skin color, but I always did question because a lot of people around me didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even, like, I didn't really have role models to look up to either because, you know, on TV there's, like, Beyonce. But, yeah, Beyonce, she's dark or whatever, but she's not. She don't speak Spanish. Like, right now... I'm so happy that there's an Amara La Negra. There's, mm-hmm. you know, like, because they're, what's her name? Um, there are other Afro-Latinas, but they're light. Like, mm-hmm. I can't really relate. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we can also talk about, like, skin privilege and stuff right. like that. So Right. Which presents itself in all cultures. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no space for that. Also, like, in Hollywood, where we have a section of Afro-Latinos that are recognized for being Afro-Latinos mm-hmm. and have the space to be Afro-Latino. So I agree with Amara opening up that space for us because, I mean, like, we have Zoe Saldana, Rosario Dawson, you know, but most of their career they've been playing black roles. Right. Like mm-hmm. black people, not mm-hmm. their own identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hi. Again. Hello. Excellent. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I also took up a lot of Latin Caribbean studies mm-hmm. um, in uh, college, and I made it my business after that to continuously educate myself on that. Um, growing up for me, uh, it's actually different. I always wanted to be darker because mm. I never related to. Uh, it was always hard for me. I would say this to be. Latino and black at the same time around the Latino community. Um, it's hard for it was always hard for them to accept um, my blackness, um, and I always felt like I was either too Spanish to be black or too black to be Spanish. There was never an in between moment up until probably I went to college where I'm like, oh, so like there's other people like this is cool. This is a safe space. <laughs> I'm not going to get attacked for being both. Um, And that was really interesting for me because I grew up around the ignorance of, like, my friends being, oh, she's really pretty for a black girl. And I would constantly have to correct, like, my cousins or my other family members because for me, then that means that I'm pretty for a black girl. But the difference is you tolerate me because I'm related to you. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me to also, like... Um, navigate through mm-hmm. and uh, for me my dad's side of the family my, my dad comes from seven brothers and sisters from Jamaica uh, Kingston Jamaica and Spanish town and not one of them when they came to America married another Jamaican person we're all half and half of something different mm-hmm. so I have half Dominican half Jamaican cousins half Puerto Rican and half 
half Jewish, half Jamaican. So we always have conversations around being mixed um, or being Afro-Latino or different um, religions and some of the sort. Mm-hmm. You think that was intentional for your uh, dad and his siblings to all marry someone outside of being Jamaican? Um, I don't think it was intentional, but when I have a, I, I recently, when I was as an adult, as a woman, I had a conversation with like my aunts about it. Um, and they felt, well, one of them says that in the case of like one of my aunts, um, when she married her husband, um, who's Jewish, she said that because he had lesser baggage coming into the relationship overall, um, it lightened her load. Um, and she was able to be, she says, like, more of a family person than she was in her own family, which was mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. But he's a family, like, a very family man. Um, and you see that Jewish communities are very tight-knit. The family is the essence of everything that mm-hmm. she do and she, everything that they do. And that's something that I feel like she must have longed for. So what's the baggage that your aunt was referring to? I guess the baggage of being an immigrant. The baggage of she was the only one out of all my um, aunts and uncles and my dad who wasn't going to do medicine. She was the first lawyer. So now who's now a judge? And both her and her husband are both judges. So for her, she was navigating like a whole different route. Um, she's also the like the lightest of her brothers and sisters. Um, and she didn't really like look really like really my grandmother or my grandfather it was like a good mix so um I guess like her route was just completely different mm-hmm. and she was just always like to herself mm-hmm. I guess in the indifference mm-hmm. now speaking of like relationships so Marquise <laughs> you <laughs> so you identify as a black man and you are dating a Latino woman and we know as our current society, there are, there are some issues that some people have with that. Not just dating outside of your race, but particularly Spanish women, or excuse me, not Spanish women, Latino women <laughs> and black women um, dating. So what has your experience been? Because I know that there was even a conversation we had even at work mm-hmm. um, where the, the topic came up. I don't know if you remember when we had, had a few times. OK, so yeah. No, <laughs> where um, we were talking about like, you know, black men dating Latino women and how, you know, it, hurt, it may hurt collectively our self-esteem because we feel like Latina women may be put on a pedestal. And mm. I know that you were trying to, you know, explain that it's you're not dating a Latina woman because you hate your mm-hmm. yourself or your mom. But and you were, and, I don't, and I don't want to speak for you because I don't know if that you dating your Latina girlfriend is like preference if it's because you've had bad experiences with black women, you know, like so I just wanted to know mm-hmm. what it is about, you know, how you've dealt with your relationship how, what brought you there and all of that? Yeah. So, so my girlfriend's name is Chandra. She's mm-hmm. Puerto Rican or Indonesian. Um, and she likes to, you know, definitely say that. Um, but she definitely, you know, grew up more Latina, you mm-hmm. know, you know, whether it's the food, the cuisine. She grew up in Queens around people that looked like her and went to middle school, high school around all other uh, Latino, Latina people. Um, for me, the whole entire experience has been a learning progress, and it's going to probably forever be. You know, whereas Jamila, I know you said you studied it. You know, I feel like um, experiencing it and learning from it. I know that I will. I my biggest thing is just always being open and willing to learn, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know everything, not in the least bit. Right. So, 
And even when it comes to my dating experience, this is the first non-black woman I've dated. Mm. And for me, I hate the fact that I even had to explain that, right? So I, we, we might have been having this conversation. And, you know, I remember I had, like, two girlfriends in high school, two in college, and even two after. All black. But now, you know, I'm dating a Latina woman, a woman who's lighter skin, and... You know, especially whether I'm at work or outside and I talk to black women, I'm like, oh, you know, this is who I'm dating. I see a picture and I'm like, ah, you're one of those. And I'm like, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? why, do, why like, do we identify as like, oh, you want to So okay. I, do, I do understand, right? So we know there was an incident, I don't know, a few months ago with Sin Santana where she kind of went yeah. on another podcast and she said black men do treat Latina women better. Do you think that's true? So, right? So, what I, once again, I've been learning, right? So, my initial reaction is like, no, that's not all of us, right? But from folks at work and from other black women, um, they said that's been their experience. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize and understand if that's been their experience, who am I to like say that's not true? Mm -hmm. So I had to realize if that's what y'all feel, then okay, then we need to work and do better. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's a lot of growth. I'm, I'm 28 now. Like me at 25, I probably didn't even understand the nuances of different um, backgrounds and ethnicities and whatnot. But like I said, my initial reaction was like, no, that's not true. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I love my mom, my sister, are black. I love black women. And I love, I don't see myself marrying anyone beyond a black or Latin, Latina woman. Um, so I, I love women. But yeah, it was always black women. But it just so happened that my girlfriend just treats me amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it is. And she just happens to be mm -hmm. Latina. Um but yeah, that extraness, the, as far as that extra question, as far as, um, oh, you're one of those. I understand it comes where it comes from. And I just think it's on me to like hopefully not be one of those in a way, you know, as just speaking articulately about things. I understand that one of the big things is when you're dating someone who's not black, you can date them and that's fine. You could even have a preference, but don't put down mm -hmm. black women. Uh, which a lot of men do do, and mm -hmm. if and if black women are saying black men put Latino women on a pedestal, then I have to say okay, we need to just do better. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because uh, and recognizing that you don't do that because there's a lot of black men who do mm. end up you know comparing the two, um, and that's really the issue. I mean, I can't speak collectively for all black women, but we don't care who our black men date as long as you respect us and you leave us out of the comparison data mm -hmm. you know so that's just at least that's been my experience because I also am one of them women one of those women who feel like black men treat Latino women um, on a higher pedestal and I even have my cousin who was a black man who has said oh I don't date I don't want to date a black girl because she's ratchet and I'm like okay well Latino women also have the ability to be per se ratchet mm -hmm. he's like oh well that's spicy though I like that and it's like you, like, and he's also he's a dumbass. He's twenty one, but it's like you know he's young. Like but people that even talk like that, black woman, Latina woman. I don't think you would want so to be right. <laughs> then they crazy. Right. So it's so like really about it, right? <laughs> but one thing I will say, like I said, for me, it's been a learning experience, but also for her. Like mm -hmm. there's certain things that are just very important to me when it comes to anything black news related uh, a black person just died like I work in news so like I know about it and like I kind of sometimes want to come home and talk about it mm -hmm. and when she doesn't know about it initially I used to be like really annoyed like how do you not know about this yeah but then I had to understand why do I expect her to know everything that I know yeah. there's things that's happening in whether it's Indonesian or Puerto Rico that I don't know about you know and she probably knows about so I had to understand 
if I'm going to be in this relationship and put my full self into it, I have to meet her halfway. Mm-hmm. And that's been really important to me. Um, that's amazing. How does your family feel about you dating a Latino woman? They they always have supported as far as whoever you know That's I want to be with. It's funny. I remember I joked with my mom one time, like, "What if I brought home a white woman?" And she took a pause, she took a deep <laughs> breath, um, and she was like, "You know what? I support you. I believe Aww. you know, um, as long as they're God fearing." That's always been my mom's mm-hmm. thing. Um, definitely got to be God fearing. And I'm not gonna lie, like this is all transparency. So my sister definitely was like. Why not a black woman? Like, straight up, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so funny because growing up, we grew up in a white community. She was always hanging out with the white kids, like mm-hmm. white women, white guys. She had a little clique. I was never hanging out with nobody. It's me and my one black friend. So she was definitely the one, like, why not a black woman? I'm like, honestly, it's not even like that, whatever that is. It's just, it, she just treats me well. And mm-hmm. you know my track record. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So. So, Paola, um, speaking of track record, um, you have dated black men in the past. How do, and, and you identify as Afro-Latina. She smiled when she, when she said that, just so <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, we got a big-ass grin <laughs> on her face. So, how has your experience been technically dating outside of your race? Um, it's a little different for me because while I am Dominican, I, I, I'm going to say black passing. I look like I'm black. Mm-hmm. So, it's been, like... I agree with what you were saying earlier that you said that um, black men do glorify mm-hmm. or even fetish. What's that word? Fetishize. Fetishize, yes. Uh, Latina women, especially. And that's especially true for me because it's kind of like you get the best of both. Mm. She looks black and she speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you have a golden have, nugget. I have a quick question, though. So I know we yes. briefly talked about this before, but like, can't you be black and Dominican? You can. Right. However, it's. It depends. Okay. It's a new thing now. Right. Like it's a thing now. It's you know, it is a thing. Them. Even when it, when it comes, <laughs> we'll say it again. It's growing on them. It is. I but mean, because the N word yes is no. like yeah. the, the the biggest time you talk Ooh, about it. When you talk about the N word, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. Can I curse? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cursing. Just, yeah, no, I'm just saying. No, you can curse. Oh, N word, nigga. Like I'm. No, just no, no. I didn't know because I I just realized. Yeah, no, but like that's been a big thing in like a lot of Dominican. Latinx, Hispanic people, you know, they were like, oh, I'm black. You know, I could say it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I ain't never heard you say you was black before. But mm-hmm. not to cut you up, continue. <laughs> we could talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah, definitely yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> just, oh, we gonna talk about that. Uh, yeah, so it's just really interesting because then it's like, oh, speak Spanish. And I'm like, no. I'm not Yo, like, you just gonna Yo, turn it on. Like, no, get into that, please. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's annoying. But then, even when I dated Dominicans, I'm going to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting when you put both of them together because it's like, I'm cute, <laughs> but they can't bring me home to mom because I'm black, mm. even if I'm Dominican. Because I, I had a boyfriend once who was Dominican and like his family hated me. And they didn't You'll even know You'll still me. get discriminated against even though you are a full-on oh, Dominican woman. Yeah. You didn't know that. That's no. crazy. You no, yeah. you can't bring no, you co- can't. no cocolos yeah, home. Like, no cocolos home. No. Well, my... It depends. As you saw, my cousin, she's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> she... There's a lot of... There's a like my family is an extreme. Like my parents mm-hmm. are type woke. Sometimes here and there they say some dumb shit, and I'm and I just look at my mom and she already knows. She said, like, "Oh, you always defending black people." I'm like, "Yes, because we're black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your man is black." <laughs> like she be playing games, but then there's like 
my aunts, some of my aunts that are still in DR, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. very anti-black, very anti-everything. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, alluding to your cousin in the conversation we had over the summer, well, I remember, like, we were in the car with her cousin, and... It was she intense. Was, it, was, it was pretty intense. It was, like, a long 45-minute <laughs> ride home. But, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm going to let you continue on. So, her cousin was, like, straight from DR, um, light-skinned girl was like, oh, there was a boy, well, one of our friends, he was at the party, <laughs> she was like, oh, he's really cute, he's black, though I can't bring him home. And we were just she like... She was joking, by the way. Oh, she was joking? She was joking, but she wasn't at the same time. Okay, I thought she, she was, was dead being, the fuck serious. She was so. being, <laughs> like, she was being funny, but... Because, like, she's kind, she's getting there. Like, okay. I have hopes. That okay. She, like, she's getting there. I have mm-hmm. hope for her. But she was joking, but not really at the same time. Okay. So then... So so let's talk about the the non-joking part okay. of that conversation yes. because from there we're just thinking like wow like she could like I didn't realize how severe it was I've always heard kind of like jokes and like oh I know I can never bring home oh abuela wouldn't like that but I didn't realize how severe it was so in the non-joking aspect of that <laughs> what would be the fear of bringing a black man home within like your your family or within a Dominican family I think it's the fear of having black grandkids. Mm. They mm-hmm. don't like that. Like, even when I was younger, and I'm telling you, it took my parents, not my dad. My dad's black and he knows it. Like, my dad knows what the fuck he is. <laughs> my mom should be playing games. So, I remember going back to that one boyfriend I told you I had, whose parents didn't like me. My parents, my dad, my mom really liked him because he was light-skinned. And she, she was like, oh my God you're gonna have the cutest baby because he was light-skinned and she was like so in love with the fact that he was light-skinned so i think that's one of them they're really afraid of having according to beauty standards like ugly grandkids Mm. because they're black so they're ugly and i'm i don't mean this i'm quoting just for you (laughs) yeah Um, air quotes yeah quotes um i think that's it because and then also the they in DR, people are not really, f- and I'm not speaking for everybody in DR, but they're not really fond of the Haitians, mm. um, like, at all. Which is something new that you taught me, crazy. Jamila. I had yeah. no idea. No, it's really aggressive. Yeah. It's always been, historically. It's crazy. So, like, even me, like, they would call me, like, Aitianita, as as if, if that's an offense. Like, I don't care. People are Haitian. Wasn't- what? <laughs> like, like, as an offense, like, oh, you're Haitian. Like, okay. Wow. So it's the fear of being of having people in your family to be black. They want they want light skin. It's kind of like, do you know about Trujillo? Mm-mm. So, because that's yeah, that's so historically a, been placed yeah. down to them. So, so who's Trujillo? Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay, so Trujillo was a dictator in DR. I forgot what year. Um, so what he did, you know, DR and Haiti have been in a feud for as long as they've both existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is because Haiti was the first black country to be free. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the world, is, the colonizers are still like trying to make them pay for it. And so in the DR and Haiti feud, there were a lot of Haitians that migrated to Dominican Republic, you know, for jobs and things like that. And so it kind of became... Like I said, a feud. And so the, what the president was doing was that he didn't want the Haitians to stay in DR. He, he wanted the Haitians to go back. So he literally started wiping them out. And so in place of that, because a lot of the Haitians were mixing with the Dominicans, he brought a lot of, like, 
refugees like there's a lot of arabic people in DR, like people that are mixed there's a lot of chinese people there's a lot of jewish people so he's bringing refugees from other countries other country, to, white to like race, okay Europeans, to, wow like, from so like if you go to dr like there's a lot of people with like some random last names like guzman which is actually jewish or like mm-hmm. what's a white last a white last name uh, Hoffman. Hoffman, yes. <laughs> that's because that's my cousin's last Peter. name. I get, up, I get on there, her. There's wow. Peters, there's a lot of that, so it's crazy. And then a lot of that is still instilled in them. So, like, if you go to DR, like I said, like, they they would call you, like, if they're trying to be offensive to you, they'll call you, they'll call you like, an Atiana as if, like, there's something that's bad. Mm-mm. And it's not, it's like... That's a race, kid. Like, what you mean? Like, so, so when we're talking about black, we're not. So we're literally talking about like skin tone skin, at this point. So their skin tone and also the race itself. Okay, because yes. because when I'm thinking like black, when you're referring to it like skin tone, but then I'm thinking of the black experience. So like, is it that when I've also heard this too that like Caribbean people may have a disdain for like black Americans? Is it that idea of like yes, you're yes. dating a black American, so it's like a double whammy? Like especially if he's dark skin and he's a black American too. Like oh, absolutely not. Do not bring him home. Mm-hmm. So like, what is it about black Americans that Caribbeans may have a problem with? Um, you know, maybe you can speak to this, Jamila. Uh, I don't think that it. Well, on my end, I don't think the issue is that there's a like a huge issue, or maybe it's just like I feel there's a disconnect because they mm-hmm. I think the disconnect with black Americans is that they feel like they're not, I guess, knowledgeable enough of their roots. They don't celebrate a culture or they force themselves to assimilate mm-hmm. um, to whatever this country has become. But to um, touch back on what she was saying about that dictatorship, the emphasis of his regime was to whitewash. So he would bring examples from Cuba and the United States of what lighter skinned women would look like and tell the women there that this is what they needed to look like, which is why, um, as far as appearances go, Dominicans, I feel, um, out of us, it just this is just my opinion, suffer from um, a lot of self-esteem issues because of that, mm. like getting their body done and all these different things just because I feel like there's a greater pressure on Dominican women to look a certain way. Mm. Um, I grew up with that in Puerto Rican culture, but I see that a lot of my, my Dominican friends also always had to have their hair a certain way, straight. had to have their hair straight. There was no way you could walk around with hair like this because mm-hmm. it was bad hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the si- just the sight of this bothers them. Like, my mom is a Blanquita. Um, my grandfather, you know, her dad does not, you know, look that way, but my mom came out looking like her mother, which has, like, blonde hair and light eyes. So whenever my mom would bring me to a salon, they would be like, what are you going to do with her? Mm. like what and still to this day like i could walk into my like one of my mom's salons right now and they get terrified seeing me like because they think i'm about to i'm about to ask them to do my hair which is gonna yeah because that's a taxing experience Mm. for them to like actually have the patience to just comb out my hair and then maybe blow it out whatever the case may be or that natural tax that's why i stopped going to the salon i heard they they be slipping stuff into yeah Yeah, i heard that too yeah yeah that's when i had to stop going Mm-mm. But <laughs> there's just a disconnect because, like, in our, in the Caribbean, I will say, like, 
for Latinos, um, we are not taught to embrace blackness because historically it's been erased from us. Mm. Um, in the Dominican Republic, a lot of people don't know, like in their hi history textbooks and even some of the generals from Haiti that helped them win their independence, um, the statues of their faces were changed because um, they wanted to, them to look more white-looking mm. instead of what they naturally looked like as black people. Um, and you see that a lot of important uh, black Latino people within that their our own histories have been um, not either not mentioned or not either celebrated because there's blackness there mm -hmm. and they don't celebrate that. So I feel like now um, we're in this space where it's growing on people because we have a lot of educated people and I feel like it's great to have these conversations because I don't like to ridicule. I'm never going to get angry if somebody is going to come into a situation and tell me, like, I'm not black. That's your opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just the type of person I'm never going to do a 23 in me to make you feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. I know what I am and I know who I am. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Mm -hmm. um, and then the disconnect lies because it's like... If you weren't a, a slave, then technically, like, you if you weren't black, like, here in America. Mm -hmm. Or technically, I'm not allowed to identify to the cultures my parents are from because I was born here. But what I grew up in my first language speaking, you know, Spanish, probably just like you. So mm -hmm. you can't tell me <laughs> there's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I just think that the more that we create markers and different labels of like now see like afro latino i don't really like the term to be honest mm. i will acknowledge it i know that that is a part of me because that's a term that's also growing mm -hmm. um like on others because i feel like again like i've mentioned we've had to come to terms with the fact okay there's no more picking either or like we're in between it is what it is um, like we're there's no more you know picking either or like we're in between mm -hmm. um and it's okay to be here so now that we're like building the space where it's okay to be both um it's more so like how to navigate now that platform mm -hmm. as we're building it mm -hmm. um because yeah like again what amara la negra she apparently obviously looks black, but the only people that are celebrating her is the black community mm -hmm. rather than um, her Latino peers. And that's saddening to see. Mm -hmm. But that's also because of that's how historically that's been placed for her. Do either of you anticipate that that will dismantle? Like going forward, is it? Like that's not anytime soon. I think oh, okay. if eventually when we all warp and we all look the same, okay, they're gonna have no choice. <laughs> yeah, but we're not. We're not there yet. Will we all mix mm -hmm. if that ever happens. Mm -hmm. Because I always had a dream, um, of working for a Latino magazine and mm -hmm. all that. And when I was, you know, becoming a woman and you know, growing as an adult, I we hear from so many of my peers that are in between the two, just like me. Like, girl, when you've ever seen this on the cover? Mm -hmm. And right. I'm like, what? And I'm like, you know, like I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm like, up again, up until Zoe Saldana, I don't recall. And she, I would have to commend her in the sense that why I bring her up. Up until her character, Catalea. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't even know she was. That That's a fact. Till then. Yeah. like Oh, you thought she was just she a never, black woman. Yeah, she oh, never okay. There are no roles for us. Mm. There's no storytelling for us. You have, you know, Celia Cruz, which 
I will always just love and thank her for mm-hmm. just being legendary and everything that I do. Because that's just one she person. She was Cuban, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also older. So, like, yeah. I, was, I remember, like, seeing her on TV, but she was way older. Yeah. Mm. And that was, like, her time. But I just, uh, why I, I mention her is because that's just one person that didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, you was going to accept this shit whether mm-hmm. or not. I'm here to scream my weapons and everything out. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. And she was one person that opened that door, made songs about being a moranita and all of that. And they had to take it. Because mm-hmm. she was like, nope, this is it. <laughs> so. I love that. So speaking of um, going back to this idea of like not embracing blackness, why is there a sense from the Latino community that you can pick and choose how you want to identify with blackness? In particular, per- in particular saying the word nigga. Because I know that's been a big conversation, especially online. Who can say it? Who's not allowed to say it? And it's almost like you have to check these boxes off before you can like I, like get permission to do so. So just trying to get like a full understanding. Because me personally, I'm just going to say personally, I'm not bothered by the word. If I hear, if I see a white person say it and I'm at a concert and they're singing along with the artist, I'm not going to sit here and fight you because at the end of the day, this artist created this song. You saying it, I'm I'm gonna look at you sideways, but it's like you know what, fuck it, whatever. I was just but, thinking about the YG song, and I'm like, you know how awkward that was. Yeah, and I know <laughs> they be in concert screaming it. I know that they do. Like, could you imagine that? Like, like, I, mean, I wouldn't say, I, but I don't know if you're not bothered. You're just not gonna do anything. Okay, about yes, it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm turning bothered. my head. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, what am I doing? Get it popping? Like, it's, it's too late. Because right. you no, can't, yeah. you can't fight everybody. That's why I try to tell people you can't fight everybody. You cannot be the N word police. I mean, you can educate. Kate, of course, but I feel like white people, it's like white people, Latino people, whoever, they're going to use it how they want to mm-hmm. unless they want to learn. And and they know what the, the negative repercussions of that were. They know the historical context. We are in 2019. There is nobody who can say, like, oh, well, I didn't know that it was a problem. <laughs> You know, like, so I guess I'm just trying to, like, get an understanding, especially from the Latinx side, you know, why is it okay? Is it okay? Is it only okay for people who identify as Afro-Latino? Like, you know, so... And as and also, too, Marquise, as a black man, because, you know, we identify with our blackness together, right. are you then by, bothered by people who are outside of our race who say that? Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I'm not... like. Not that I'm not bothered. I'm not going to do anything. But mm-hmm. then also, too, you're not going to stay here and call me a nigga or a nigga or nigga or whatever mm-hmm. and think that I'm not going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we can start with you, Marquise, and then go around. Start there. with me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, growing up in a white area, no one ever came at me crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I wasn't really surrounded by a lot more uh, Latinx folks until college. I went to Syracuse University. Um, and they use N-word, and like it was just like, oh, we black and brown. We all in the same pot, right? And honestly, I'm not going to lie. It was like the past year that I really understood, like, oh, wow. like A lot of y'all haven't been rocking with black people. Y'all haven't had that black experience, and like y'all shouldn't be using the word, right? And I think for black folks, they're the only people who have, in, in a sense, the authority to tell who to use it. But actually, mm-hmm. Trevor Noah was actually recently in the Breakfast Club, I think this morning, actually. And he said, anyone can use the word but at the same time if you do use the word to your point folks are allowed to react how they want to react Mm -hmm. right so we're not out here saying no one can use the word but no if you use that word there are repercussions depending on who you are right Mm -hmm. and i just i feel as though um you know if you feel so emboldened to use the word um you should 
understand what the context is, know the historical uh, relevance. And as you mentioned, when it comes to education, I think that is the biggest thing just when it comes to just this Latinx experience, black experience. I, I have learned so much. I grew up around white people and a couple other black folks, right? I know a lot of Latinx people and growing, you know, now living in New York for the past five years and even going to school with a lot of people who are just different. I hear them, I have conversations with them, and you become my girlfriend, right? I'm learning from her. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people don't put themselves in these spaces, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if you're in Harlem, oftentimes, you know, depending on what side you live on, you may just be black folks, may just be with Dominican, you know? In Brooklyn, you're kind of in your little area. So it's really until you said, you know, you don't have that many Latinx friends, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's really until people start actually communicating and learning from one another. Um, But specifically, once again, back to the N-word, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't use the word crazy amount. Mm-hmm. I do use it when I'm with other black men. It just seems like a, a easy word. We're just connecting. It's not much thought into it. I doubt, I now do kind of, I, I flinch a little bit when I do hear Latinx people say it more because I am now more aware and uh, I'm feeling now like most Latinx people probably shouldn't use the word because unless you have had a black experience, I don't think you should be using the word. Mm. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Go ahead, Paola. I saw your... Yeah, so... Yeah, so I I went to grad school in Michigan, and I think up to that part was my first encounter with just everybody being white, because believe it or not, I didn't have no white teachers, no white people in my neighborhood. Everybody... I saw white people on the train (laughs) when I went to the city. Nobody was white around me. Um, And then I moved to Michigan, and everybody was white. And I got called the N-word, when I was wow. in Walmart, and I was like, "Wow!" What did you? I mean, not that it's substantiated. Was, what was you doing? Like, what? Did you, what was I was happening? shopping for freaking toilet paper. Oh, they, they <laughs> called you it just out of nowhere. That's crazy. She tried to touch my hair. Oh, oh my god! She she yeah, it. it was my fault. I should have never been out in Walmart <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> That is not no, your but fault. Still. I'm saying, like, no, I know. honestly, you're not entitled not to place. wipe your ass. I'm sorry. I know, but like, <laughs> I, I could have been, I was supposed to be doing homework. Like, I was not, I should have not been at Walmart because Walmart is that place where weird shit happens, especially like late night. Uh huh. Um, it was a lady too, and it was the weirdest shit ever. I was, I, I literally was just like, I think I laughed, I like nervous laughed, and I was like, I'm gonna g- grab this shit and go. Yeah, because when you hear it, it's, I didn't you're know. just in shock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, I've, like, my cousins called me that, but like, mm-hmm. I've never, I was like, okay. By a whole ass white stranger. She was like, this old lady. That's crazy. I was like, okay. Yo, literally, my first experience with the, the N word, I was five years old. I was in like this supermarket, and I remember, like, I think I was looking at like a, a book or a toy or something, and I didn't move out the way quick enough. And the lady, it was like two grown women, they were um, pushing a shopping cart. She was like, Move out the way, nigger. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing the forcefulness of her voice, but I didn't know the word. So I went in the car and I told my mom, this lady called me a nigger. What does that mean? <laughs> and my mom was just like, what? Who called you that? And I, at that moment, I knew it was a negative connotation. Yeah. But just from like the fierceness and the, yeah. the attitude that came from it, I, I was immediately hurt. But it's just because like, this lady's yelling at me. I don't know why. But didn't even understand fully what at five meant? years old, yeah. the full context behind that. It's just, it's insane. It, like this word has so much power and people just use it like, as peppering and I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't say it I fucking sell shirts that say niggas lie a lot you know like so it's not that they do they do (laughs) like it's facts like so it's it's just like 
in that case, like, okay, you have merchandise that says niggas lie a lot, then are do. we... <laughs> Listen, but, 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 but it's like, are we tired. regulating who wears it? So it's like, if I have a Latino have or a white person you're buying it... Well, no, well, okay. well, what okay. she means is you can't have Yes Jules wearing that shirt. Right, she did. yeah. She right. did wear yes, that shirt. Yes Jules cannot wear that, but niggas lie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, but in terms of whether Latino people should be saying it, I mean... It's not my word to give out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I say it. I am conscious when I do say it. And sometimes I'm like... Mm-hmm. Um, but they do say it. My cousins, my family, everybody. People in mm-hmm. DR use it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how you know this word? You you in DR. Like, you should not even know this mm-hmm. word. But the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, music, but yeah. Music. I also hear it's like kind of a New York thing. You know? Because yes. like I have mm-hmm. co-workers who are from like down south, like Atlanta or whatnot. And they're like... Yo, the fact that Latinx <laughs> people are saying this is weird to me. I'm mm-hmm. not used to this. So I feel like it's also maybe a, a Northeast type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's not, I understand that the word doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. So so but, if anybody checked, oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. If, if anybody said. checked you, would you? For saying it? Yeah. I wouldn't be, a, I, I, I know that I'm not supposed to, I'm not, <laughs> like I but know, what, like I'm in but the why do, So why don't you feel like you can say, and I'm only saying that because just based off of your statement alone, you can't, you can't say unless you have the black experience. Do you feel like you go throughout life living a black experience? Yeah. yeah. So then technically you would be awarded to say it. I know, but I still feel like, to, and honestly, I feel like nobody should use it. I, I agree. Period. Yeah. Like, if I can't use it, you can't use it. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. But I still say it, and when I say it, I think about it. I'm like, damn, like I shouldn't be saying this. Mm-hmm. However, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Hmm. It's hard. Yeah. What they got to say about your light skin ass? Because I know <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, this is very layered. Word, um, but her, you know, her pops. Uh huh. So. I'll just say this, like Wait, really quick. So technically, okay, according to what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Is it only African Americans supposed to say it? Because if if Dominicans can't say it, then that means Jamaicans shouldn't be saying it either. Yeah, technically. Should, well, my my thing was the black experience. Mm-hmm. So I think you can Jamaicans yeah. have qualified the black experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If not, they're gonna tell you that they right. do and yeah. that they don't give a fuck. And like, like I said, <laughs> just I'm not, to define, I think Jamaicans are just some gets, group of people, it gets, man. It gets really confusing and really weird, and it like it's so much energy to your point of the whole checking off that like it just gets really tired. But mm-hmm. I would I would say when I saw you today. And then you open your mouth. I was like, "Whoa!" Like I, I knew, I knew automatically you weren't African American. But um, and I would say you probably have had a black experience. Um, and can we just, just for the listeners, can we define the black experience and what that looks like? What would you say? This? <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, like I, I, I don't know anything but that, right? Yeah, like, no, it's, me it's too. Like, you, 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 you don't even. I don't even think you need to define it. Well, I am black. Everyone sees me as black. Yeah. I've been treated as black. Just I've been for the different. I'm the other. Everywhere I go, I'm one of the very few. Yeah. Whether it was in school, college, workplace, I am other. Yeah. I am probably seen as scary, big, brute, whatever. Um, I. It's just who I am. It's what I. What I see when I wake up, uh, everyone sees this. So that's, for me, what it is. Mm-hmm. For other people, it's a bit more nuanced, and I, under- I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's just, it's for what it is for me. It's yeah. other, you know, yeah. and all the time. Yeah. I, I feel like when my history is no longer an elective, then 
I'll say like, okay, it's we can go broad against whatever like titling mm-hmm. like the black experience. But I had I had to learn about all forms of my blackness as electives mm-hmm. rather than being taught about myself Ain't in the first crazy. race. That's, that's what I'm saying. Crazy. So that's the black experience <laughs> nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's layered because I'm obviously lying, whatever. Deep down inside, I am a brown woman and I stand. <laughs> I, stand I stand for this. But only because, like, Simone will tell you she's, like, met most of my friends and even seen, like, been around. Simone's now assimilated into my family and she mm-hmm. knows, like, She's been on a trip with us and she sees like most of my sister's friends. Also, like we are just unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't care. That those group of light people that have a lot of brown and dark skinned people in their lives, even my other family members, I am just light. Um, but I agree with Marquise in the sense of the checkboxes. I'm kind of like at the point where that's where I'm aggressive with it in the sense that. Um, I'm not here to please people or have an argument with them on the word. Like, it's a negative word mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But again, I'm not going to do a 23 in me to make you feel satisfied for me to say it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I know that I'm black and that's just that. Mm-hmm. I've, had a, I've had the black experience in two different parts. So if that doesn't make me qualified to you, then... That's your opinion, and also fuck you, because mm-hmm. that's not for you to <laughs> I decide. Like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and then I'm also just very Bronx, and I will say it's a New York thing because one of the first communities of Latino people to be with Black people in New York were Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. They learned how to really be American from them. So learning growing up er, like around all these hoods. That's how that comes. And I understand that people walk and we ha- the conversation lately has been around hood passes. But, mm. again, education is a big thing. If you don't know the difference or haven't been educated otherwise, and let's say you've been, you've been unfortunately, like one of those people that have lived in the hood all their lives, never went away to college, like nothing, and this is all that you know, mm-hmm. am I going to be extremely angry at you for saying nigga when... I know looking at you, you're not. And you don't identify as such, you know? But at the end of the day, like, they're still saying, oh, my nigga this and my nigga that. Probably have several black friends. Mm -hmm. But that's because they grew up in these communities where all they had is each other. So when so it's environmental you're saying. I will say like if if we addressing it as a New York thing, mm-hmm. it is environmental. Mm-hmm. It's is learned environmentally, but yes. but at, but at the same time now that we're learning and being more educated, mm-hmm. it's something that should probably be unlearned by a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We just saw what happened with I think Gina Rodriguez I just was about to bring that up, yeah. right? And I don't know. I think she. I don't want to misrepresent what her heritage ethnicity is, but she is Latina, mm-hmm. and she's she Puerto has, Rican. I think she she's a, Puerto Rican. She has a history of anti-blackness. Yeah. Um. She has a pre- set a precedent that you know she likes to erase a lot of what you know strides that black women have made, and then for you to use this word, and then her apology was <laughs> you might as well have kept your apology and she's left the video York. up. I don't know. She, she is. can't. She's from New she, York. Really? She's from the Bronx. Um, oh, she's one of you, your people. Oh, let me stop. <laughs> I think she might be, but I also um, I'm, I'm also kind a of a Google search. I'm kind Word. of also annoyed because she went to NYU, so she's an educated mm-hmm. person. She's yeah. she's not stupid. Um, 
I will say this about the subject because this was more so of like why I told Simone like now, like now this is really time to have this conversation because I'm tired of certain people that are representations of the Latino, Latinx community um, basically doing the wrongs that end up making people like me. I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm just saying like me and Paola take the, the fall. And, and having discussions with people and educating, like, mm-hmm. that's just them and that's not me. Because it says that, it says that presidents that, like, we're all, we all feel that way. Right. So, like, I, I just feel like on her end, there's a lot of unpacking and there's also a lot of learning she needs to do. But at the same time, here's my issue with, with um, her situation specifically. When she's had those conversations, like you see when she had that conversation with Yara. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Yara was like, <laughs> right. oh, black women are doing amazing. Or no, but I think Zilla like, was but, saying it. But Yara yeah, schooled she her. It up. Yara schooled her. Yara, Yara corrected her. Mm-hmm. She's also done this in front of people like Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also done this, you know, in front of her other pe- She's had many black <laughs> co-stars. Mm-hmm. So if... There's a history of something of like you know your your colleague your peer going on. Eventually, someone has to correct you, right? Is it our due diligence to do so? Though? It's not our due diligence to do so. But if you don't, then how do you expect someone to learn? Yeah, you're gonna continue. That's what I'm saying. I'm done with the with the space of it being ridiculous. I understand that it's exhausting for a lot of people, and it's especially exhausting for a lot of people that are both black and Latino. Mm-hmm. Like this conversation is honestly tired. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Like Probably after this, I hope I don't have to have it for a long time because I'm tired of telling people I'm black and that's it. Like, because for her, it's like, again, that's a misrepresentation of what I am. Mm-hmm. You can say that your dad is Afro-Latino or whatever, but what are you doing to make strides and celebrate both? Mm-hmm. What are your <laughs> aspirations within the Puerto Rican culture? Um, you know, who was told after Hurricane Maria that they must have found out that they were black the hard way because nobody cared when that's wild. You know, Maria went and that comment actually came from a black person. Yeah. So I just feel like with her, you're around people that are educated enough to say something to you and and you know have that conversation mm-hmm. because, like, for me, when my friends educated me on like more so Caribbean culture, because I wasn't around a lot of Jamaican culture growing up. Like I grew up around my dad. I like I know my dad or whatever, but my dad's family is comp- not like a lot of other Jamaican. So they're like Americanized. I wouldn't say that they're Americanized. It's just that my grandmother don't play that shit. She mm. don't want to hear slang. She don't want to hear the word nigga. Like the like the the word nigga is not allowed in my grandmother's house. Mm. And she'll tell you, I've been here 38 years and I'm still not going to say it. So she does not play that, mm-hmm. you know? So I just feel like it's whatever you you educate the person on. And I felt like for her, like, there's enough uh, realms that you've been in where somebody should have just stopped you mm-hmm. and said something to you. But again, you allow people to be ignorant and you made them feel comfortable in it 
and then you get very angry. That anger there is why there's not an ability to bridge the gap. And that's something that you and I have always discussed mm-hmm. because until we stop being angry and where I can have a conversation with you, I'm not trying to ridicule you. I'm just trying to make you understand that this is where I'm coming from and this has been my experience. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she just needs to have a heart-to-heart with maybe Gabrielle Union and then we... She can move on. <laughs> Time out. What's the word you say? Ridicule? Like ri- like to ridicule someone. Like, oh. to, She's trying to say ridicule. Oh. She just says ridicule. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Ridicule. Sorry. <laughs> I'm about to she say, this, me. I thought this was like a oh, Bronx sorry. word. No, 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 this is no, a new no. word. You should have corrected me. You see? <laughs> no, You're supposed to correct me. You were like, on a, you were on a bag. No, 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 no. Like, using that ridicule. Slang. Like that's what I meant. My bad. My bad. My bad. You ridicule. know that's what I really meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, she be like English is my second language. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, but I, I also speak Bronx first. So like <laughs> ridicule. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. Don't ridicule me. Like educate me. Like, yeah. But Simone should have just done like five minutes Listen, ago I'm instead sorry. of me. I was gonna tell you after the episode. <laughs> right. Exactly. How can I interrupt that? But yeah. Right. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't want that to be a space anymore because that's it's just anger and there's not enough educating like even with Sin Santana mm-hmm. you want to know how that conversation could have been easily avoided what, what I'm sorry what she do she was on Angela you let me not no go ahead the no. whisperer <laughs> <laughs> Because she saves her conversations, her real conversations for her podcast. That's mm-hmm. what I do believe. And she had a conversation with Sin Santana basically about um, being Latina and dating black men. And, like, you know, at the time, Sin was probably like, what, 2021, just coming up, out popping, black men feeling for her, obviously, mm-hmm. beautiful women, yada, yada. She made that comment about, like, you know, them treating women, um, Latino women better. And she realized that there's, like, a lot of anger or whatever the case may be there. Um, and she doesn't, you know, really, like, understand. I guess, like, she must have said, like, she doesn't care. But that was a young version of my, like, myself. Like, I'm pretty sure I've said plenty of ignorant things growing up in the Bronx being young. Like, 15 and 16, I was talking about, oh, I'm only going to date light-skinned black men and <laughs> someone could tell you that's completely different now because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm an honorary African like <laughs> so annoying so <laughs> at this point like it's just you know like that's what I'm saying like you as you grow you learn more so yeah. I'm saying that com- all of that static that she experienced before this, she took she spoke out and the first thing she said I want to learn mm-hmm. like can we have a conversation with so I can see where I went wrong? Mm-hmm. So if this is not the way to say it and this is not your experience, then tell me then how you feel. Yeah. Tell me what's been your experience because I don't know. I, I haven't grown up that way. One thing one thing I'll add, um, and this, this may sound corny, but whatever, but, you know, in me learning, you know, from listening, one thing I've made a more conscious effort uh, in doing is actually calling out other black men when I hear them say really ignorant things. Mm. So, for instance, Sin said that whenever she did. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. recent or a while like ago. Two years ago. Yeah, right. and it but just she, resurfaced. She might have been with Joe Budden at the time, right? And I'm not sure if he's the greatest, you know, checker on such things, mm. right? Is he really <laughs> doing his best to check his woman? You know, and I, I open this up by saying I really... You know, to your point of really asking questions, that's what me and my girl do all the time. Like, I'm like, yo, tell me about this and she'll ask me a question because that's the only way we're going to mm-hmm. learn. And it's kind of crazy because I've even read books where I'm like, 
yo, I didn't even notice. Like, and we have certain conversations, you know, even like the, you know, African-American museum. She's like, where's our museum at? Mm -hmm. And there actually is one, but I think they're building a new one, a Latinx uh, Hispanic uh, museum in D.C., but um, one thing, that. yeah, I didn't know that. See, yeah. like things like that are right. not brought to our nature. Oh, see, I have mm. these conversations all day, so I be knowing what's the black one, the Latinx one. I know it all. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, a big thing is men holding each other and also women accountable. Oh yeah, yeah. so oh, um, and I just think it's important. Like whether it's in the group chat, um, you know, men say a lot of ignorant things, like oh, I only want a light skin joint or I only want to spend, it. and it's like mm -hmm. nah, bro, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. You came out of a very black mom. Like, yeah. you're right. that's self hate. Right. You know, or um, just letting women who are around say certain things is just not cool. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way we grow, to your point. I'm a totally different person than I was four or five, two years ago. So, with age, with maturity, you do grow. And it's just important to kind of continue to do so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, to speak on um, the family aspect, we were having an offline conversation that I do think is important to bring here um, about, you know, if you and your girlfriend were to have a family, mm -hmm. how they'd identify because you were having a, a very honest conversation about, you know, when you bring children to the world, that they're going to be identified as black, mm -hmm. but her wanting them to be identified with their Indonesian side and with their um, in, um, Puerto Rican side. And I've had a very real conversation with my ex, too, who was white, and trying to get him to understand Simone, that. white guy. <laughs> listen, okay. listen, we ain't going to talk about it. We ain't going to talk about it. That was but the old hall. That, that was the, right. The, yeah, so five years ago. You learn. See, see, see. You got to grow and learn. That's New Simone fact. would never. Okay, so. Wow. <laughs> but the lesson from that was really trying to get him to understand that even you know regardless if you're a mixed race the society is going to see you as black mm -hmm. first no matter what you could even be a octoroon if you are black passing you look black that's how they're going to identify you so can you just kind of like walk us through what that how that conversation went about and i'm pretty sure you know it might have been a little tense because it was it was tense on my side but i'm mm -hmm. From what it sounded like, you guys have a final understanding now. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we definitely have a better understanding now. I, thankfully, it wasn't tense. It was really just it was probably more frustration on her part. Okay. So for me, like once again, I'm learning so much, mm -hmm. right? For me, anything mixed was Barack Obama. He has a white mom, a black father, but he's black, and that's all he talks about, right? Right. So for me, you know, I said, hey, if we had a kid, you you know, they're black, right? And she was like, no, they're black, Puerto Rican, Indonesian. I'm like. I know, but like I'm going to say, like you're a beautiful black woman, you're a beautiful black boy. Like you understand, the world sees them as black. Like if a police officer pulls them, they're black. And she's like, yeah, but they're black, Puerto Rican. And I'm like, I was like kind of frustrated, and I left left it alone, and she whatever. But then we had a follow up, and she was just like, still felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of explained to her, like she explained to me that you know by me saying that it's dismissing you know, where she's coming from and her family, her heritage. And I was yeah, like, you know culture. what? I never thought about that. And we've been reading, sharing, sharing books with each other. And I had to really understand, yes, my child will always be black, but they will also be more than that. And similar to you, right? So you're Jamaican and Dominican, right? Jamaican and Puerto Rican. Sorry, Jamaican and Puerto Rican. Sorry about that. You know, but those are two distinct parts of you. And, you know, you, don't, you can't separate them even if you wanted to sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I had to really understand that. And I was being very dismissive at that point when I was saying, oh, they're only black. Because 
she would be lost. You know, oftentimes she's lost. She's actually probably your complexion, maybe even lighter, and she's even called Negrita, Negrita, you know, by her family, you know, when she goes wow. back to Puerto Rico. Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. very and she's light. Very light. <laughs> yeah, so you she know, talks there's about light, that. And then there's light, and mm-hmm. then you see this hair. So that's what it is. It's the hair. She, <laughs> she tells me it's all about the hair, yeah, right? So she's you know, that light skin, the but it's the hair. Conversation. The, the, the right. hair. How you get exactly. treated and spoken oh, wow. to. How your facial features. Yeah. Yeah. So very intricate. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was just all about learning. And, yes, I will have a black child, but that child would also be Puerto Rican Indonesian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no child, no children, no time soon. Mm-hmm. But it, an it's an acronym. Yeah, that's right. Of, that's you know what? Yeah. But uh, I think it's actually such an important conversation to have when whoever's in any type of interracial relationship. Because I think it's something that people maybe don't often speak about. Mm-hmm. But it brings up so many things you know whether it be culture wise or just how you you know do different things and go about different things it's, it's just a more important conversation to have mm-hmm. what are your takes on this paula mm-hmm. what was the question i mean if you if you were dating someone you know who's african-american you know and he was just like okay your your child is just black would you like no he's black and dominican is it not a big deal for you <laughs> let me tell you something like I'm black. Right, right, right. It's just that when I speak, depending on the day, because <laughs> let me tell you, I could switch it up real quick and I could be Lisa. <laughs> okay, Susan. <laughs> I could be Susan. <laughs> it just depends. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm black. Like, mm-hmm. my kid is going to be black. Reg- and what about a, you regardless. dating a white person? I have not. I don't like. Okay. I, I, <laughs> okay. It's okay. Safe, safe. I don't. I don't like white people. Okay. I'm sorry. Like my experiences with (laughs) them have been terrible, and Mm -hmm. I would like to keep them where they at. Um, I understand and respect. I can't say I don't like all of them though. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna take that back. This is gonna be out in the web. I like I like some of them. I have them in my family. I like them. They cool. Mm -hmm. Something we should talk about, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to take over though. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So, in my family right now, there is a white plague. Ooh. What does that mean? A bunch of people with marrying white people. Yes. Oh, to try to purify your roots. I'm not sure if that's it. I'm not sh- Maybe subconsciously. There's mm. a lot of that in my family right now. And it's, it's very interesting because, like, it's not only, like, it's also, like, the older women who are now single. Like, the even my aunts who are single, like, they're doing it. So I have some cousins that are doing it. I obviously have, like, my aunts who have married Italian um, do you have that in your family? Um, well, you said your your my my aunt. aunt well, um, I will say like to to just to speak on that. I don't know like how your family feels about it. I'm not. I'm sure that like everything that probably my aunt like has been, like gone through and whatever done with her husband at this point. Like that was all because like she was really like in love with this person, okay. and that was probably like. Bring him home to my grandmother. Must have, my grandmother's a very mean person. <laughs> like my grandma's mad mean. I'm so <laughs> so like facts. Like I've told some stories. Like yeah, my grandma's mad mean. So like I'm pretty sure my aunt was like shook for even that. And you know some other families just based off of what you've gone through with like colorism because I've also experienced that within Jamaican culture heavy mm-hmm. too. Um, you know. Hearing my dad did right by me by making me like, 
you know? So that's why I say I've experienced my blackness all over, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I say this because I feel like when situations like that happen, it's because they don't want them to have to grow up through the same negative experiences Mm -hmm. as growing up being black. And that's really sometimes what it comes down to, the the images and the things that continuously are still happening to young black people on an everyday basis terrifies some people that they would just rather take some time, you know, for somehow maybe how some people feel is they would rather take an easier route and make it easier for them on skin tone or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, which doesn't even apply at this point. Um, and have them being more easily accepted into society than having, like, those strides already against them. You know what I mean? Um, But for me personally, I'm terrified of having kids because of this. Mm. Um, Because I have two backgrounds of blackness, and depending on whoever I marry, um, hopefully it's a Nigerian with money. (laughs) (laughs) Who is faithful. Who's faithful. And monogamous. But, But, you know... Something my cousin said to me the other day, and it's, like, bad but hilarious. She's like, the first time she got married was for love, and the second time was for security. And I'm not mad. Hmm. The second time's going to be for security. And I'm not mad at that because times are hard. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that that's how I am. No, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm going to have to go through it the first time, the second time is for security. I agree on that. Yeah, yeah. It's courses. Right. Hello. (laughs) Right. So, um, but I'm scared to have kids because... I don't want the conversation of, like, my child has to choose between one or the other. Mm -hmm. Because that was my experience, and that's really going to suck. But I also, just for me, the only thing, like, I emphasize on is culture. You're going to know who you are, Mm -hmm. but you also are going to know what you were you come from like that's just my big thing mm-hmm. like I, but i'm wondering you know knowing what you know you know a lot more than maybe your parents did so would yeah. you be able to better navigate it for your child like yes i just know at a, yes. at an earlier age i'm going to tell my child you are many things right you but you're beautiful i love you god loves you so don't have to worry about choosing be who you are right or maybe your parents maybe weren't as well equipped to be able to speak to that as much so it's not even just, like, well-equipped. It's just, like, when I had to... Here's where the frustrating parts of me growing up. When whenever we would have to take, like, standardized tests, like, even in, like, mm-hmm. elementary school, I would always get upset and frustrated, like, flustered. Oh, when you have to choose your ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we talk about that? Because, Why? yeah. Go I, ahead. No, no finish. Sorry. Because yeah. I can't just pick one thing. Mm-hmm. And then people would be like... So one time, like, my teacher just walked over to me. It's basically what your dad is. Like, you have to put whatever your dad is down. And I'm like... i never heard that before. Yeah. And then my head, you know, like, growing up in the Bronx, I'm like, nigga, I live with my mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what you trying to say about her? Like, you see her drop me off this morning? Like, you know who she is. Like, so I just feel like that was a very frustrating experience. And I, again, I don't think it's the issue of being both because... My father obviously grew up around his brother. I mean, has his brother and sisters that have, we or or me and my cousins basically we're all mixed. Mm-hmm. So that's not the problem. It's not navigating that. It's navigating through society. Really, mm. it's being able to say like I'm both, and you being like either really because I I wouldn't have known or 
um, how or um, so basically like what do you identify as mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. but is that we're really not allowed to mm-hmm. and I think that that's what's frustrating mm-hmm. no absolutely I was just gonna say um, why is it that the census and in all of these this paperwork makes us identify when you're black not Hispanic Latino and then if you are Hispanic Latino, then you have to then jump to the next section and check off that. Like, what is this? You can't say white that people. you're both. But, yes. But why? White people. But do you remember when it said, like, white Puerto Rican? White slash Puerto Rican? Yeah. It used to say that? Yeah, yeah. back wow. in the day. So did, I mean, did you check that? No. Okay. I always circled always black. black. Mm. I always Same. bubbled in black. I was bubbled in black, and I one time I got made fun of, and I was just like, "All right, but you're not gonna say that when you see my dad." Like, <laughs> <laughs> again, because again, that was my experience growing up in the Bronx, because they didn't get it, because like I was licensed, like, like you know. But they again, you identifying as black as a color, or instead of black as a culture, but then not seeing that there's different forms of blackness, and then again, like I had to learn when you know doing. Um, Latino Caribbean studies in college as my electives like when I learned that it wasn't up until like maybe closer to what the 2000s that in certain Latin American countries like now they can bubble in black they that weren't allowed to before? That wasn't a so bit... So, Colombia probably has I'm, I'm not sure, but I know, okay. like, Mexico, this yeah. is very recent for them. It's mm. crazy that you bring that up, because in DR, in your ID, it's called a cedula, right? And in the cedula, you put your skin color. Yeah. Why? So listen to the ranges. <laughs> there's negro claro, which is light black. Mm-hmm. There's negro oscuro. There's never, like, black, because no one's ever black, you know? Mm. There's, like... What's negro oscuro? Negro oscuro is like, you know, you're black and dark. Okay. No, marrón oscuro. It's just like there's the cat. There's no black category. Like, like all. no black. Like the color. There's no, of this there's mic. no negro. There's just like like, you know. Like That's an erasure oscuro. because we know for it's sure crazy. there are like super dark skinned Dominicans. Right. And then there's like haba, which is when you're you might be considered haba. Do you know what haba is? Like it's the, like when you're light skinned but then you have the curly hair. That's that they have. I just that learned another term wow. the other day when I was listening to my my brother and sister. Like they didn't call me Morenita, but they called me. Trigueña. Yeah. The what? Trigueña. Yeah, mean? and I, I kind of like low key turned up because I was just like I'm not really understanding what that it's, is. It's but not, look, it's not. It's, it's not nothing bad. negative, but I just again. <laughs> I turned, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> no, it's a good one. No, I understand that, but I get angry with markers. I do because mm. I also took up, like, my degree was in communications and sociology. I get angry with markers because I know what they do. Mm-hmm. And I know what they do to, to us historically. You. So it's like the more you give me different things, the more you trying to separate me mm-hmm. from each and either or or. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. Like, I could be light-skinned, olive tone, whatever the case may be. Like, shout-outs to Fenty. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like, yeah. I don't like, don't, I hate, because I don't even like the term Morenita. She knows that. Mm-hmm. Don't do Girl, that. Girl, that was my aim name. I know, I feel you, but I don't like Morenita Baby. Because I know when it when it's used in a negative way and when you've he- heard conversations about it used in a negative way, like for me, I don't want no parts of it. Kind of why like I understand why people are so angry about the N-word right now. Because mm-hmm. for me, that's kind of like my N-word. Mm. You call me Morenita, then you were trying to call me ugly. So, like, but what does it really translate to, though? I thought it meant like morenita. beautiful brown girl. It does. Yeah. But what's more tricky, I don't think people call me Prieta. 
Like that, that shit. What's that mean? Prieta is just like, I don't even, how do you describe Prieta? Like, and then it's crazy. It's not like, dark and lovely. It's, like, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's, it's like a term, people use it as a term of endearment. And like my family does it. They be like, Prieta, come over, you're negra. They literally call me everything but my name, but everything that's black. Like, like anything. Like, they'll be like, negra, Prieta. I'm just like, yo, my nigga. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, colorism is real. Mm-hmm. Colorism is it's crazy and it's it's very heavy but you know i just i it kind of got i kind of got separated from that like when i went to puerto rico and i'm like to be honest that's one of those places in this world that i love going all the time because that shit for me don't exist there it doesn't you know no because i mean like i understand like it's always going to be a part of that culture be just because we keep getting passed off instead of like actually having independence but one day i pray we do we will um but even in that historical content, you can't really be, I'll say this, that's just my opinion. You can't really fully be upset with a culture of people that have never had independence to free think and really feel and experience their culture to their fullest degree with mm. freedom to themselves. Mm-hmm. When something is fully not yours, you, anyone can dictate your history, mm-hmm. just like how Spain dictated in the Dominican Republic and, and also in Puerto Rico that like... They're the motherland in transparent to what Africa is mm-hmm. for, obviously, the real one, mm-hmm. like, you know? But for Puerto Rico, I understand that there's also ignorance there. But when I go there and I go to Loisa and Piñones and all of that, that big community that lives there, it's like, they're like bro and sis. Like, <laughs> it's like you're already a part of the culture. There's not really no separating for it. But to know what also what they have gone through because of being the black people on the island, even though they're basically like with everyone else, mm-hmm. is upsetting. Because, for example, when Hurricane Maria um, happened, a lot of people don't know. I visited about six months after the hurricane. And I shouldn't have done that because... Not that I didn't miss, like, being there, but it was very upsetting for me because when I was flying over, I saw, like, half of my island on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that, like, ooh, sorry to get emotional, but it ate me alive because I'm like, man, like, this man is in office and he's really not going to do anything. Like, half of the island is in the floor. Mm-hmm. And when I went to one of my favorite, actually, really, like, one of my favorite places to, like, get food, I feel like authentically, if you ever go to Puerto Rico, is in Loisa Piñones. And when I went and I saw that most of their their shacks, the, the you know, basically, like, the cuchifritos and all of that that they have out there, they're gone. And so I said to my cousin, I said, I was in Piñones yesterday, and I'm seeing, like, they're not rebuilding over there. Like, do you know why? And she said, well, basically how the government placed this was because they decided to have their shacks and their businesses or their houses there, that was always illegal land anyways. So they are not going to get funded to rebuild anything there. Wow. So then I had to say to myself, okay, so like, was it because it's close to the beach? Because I can't see how that's illegal because they still have to make a living. They've always been there. Mm-hmm. You have people who have houses that are, like, not even made out of cement. Like, how do, how, like you know, the mud type mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm talking yeah. about that could easily just go mm-hmm. through, like, a hurricane because mm-hmm. it melts. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hundreds of years there. And you mean to tell me that's illegal? 
And so they considered what is part of Loisa and Piñones illegal land where these black people live and they are not going to rebuild it. Wow. So they're displaced at this point. Yeah. So like they're making their businesses out of like wood shacks. Wow. And 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 I guess like figuring out and navigating through that because even where you have the people that live in the mountains um there was no way to get to them because like their roads were sunken in. Mm-hmm. And my cousin was a part of like the volunteer group um, that was traveling all around the island, um, you know, trying to help people uh, rescue, give them water, give them food and stuff. And she said like they had there had to be teams that were flying in helicopters to drop, go in and drop in the food and stuff because there's no way to get in. Mm. But imagine that, you know, as a government that there's people stuck up there, but you're just sitting down here and you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that I, I, it's just been a very also big eye-opening experience for me in my blackness, realizing like, <laughs> wow, like we feel as Americans here how they treat us being black, but like you really have to see the way like being black in America feels like in Puerto Rico. Mm. That shit sucks. It's different. Because you don't even have, all of these things transpire and happen to us and we don't even have the right to vote. Mm-hmm. And that's just crazy to me, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That was deep. I feel like I lost my, yeah. <laughs> my whole train of thought. Like, anytime you talk about that, I just, my heart hurts. And I just constantly think, like, what what can we do here in the States to help, like, Hurricane Maria victims still? I think it's just, uh, I guess, like, our research. But there's also other causes. I feel like we also, as we, you know, natural disasters continue to happen. And then you, we have all these events. And a lot of people felt like Puerto Rico was getting more attention than the other islands. And I'm sorry that they felt that way. Mm-hmm. But these people are restless mm-hmm. now. And I feel like the way that they really, like, stood up for themselves this summer is just the beginning because they're tired. Mm-hmm. At this point, I know that they're, they're tired because for you to be comfortable with the um, number of 6,000 people being dead from lack of resources that you are technically held accountable for um, is disgusting. Mm-hmm. That's, there's just no other way around that. And I just, I just feel like as far as moving forward for them, I just think that it's either they become a state or they become independent. There's mm-hmm. no in between anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're heading towards a revolution. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. Yeah, I can sense that too. Because like you were mentioning earlier how you had to learn about like her, her culture um, and stuff. And I feel like um, most of my conversations with my friends are educating them about like what's going on there because I'm not gonna there's no way you would know just as much as how you feel like she's not really knowledgeable of like what's going on over here like during the summer I was so upset about what was going on with the government over there because that man took money from them rebuilding and you mean the governor yes the, the governor mm-hmm. and they could have they could have saved lives Possibly, who knows if Pinones would still be on the floor? Mm. Um, people would be recovering, you know. Not a lot. It's just so many other things like the their national landmark of El Junque. When the hurricane hit, the animals were separated, and so scientists are still trying to put them back in their exact habitats because not every everything got mixed up. Snakes is with the birds, like it, it's just a mess. 
but then they make their money through tourism. Mm-hmm. So how do you rebuild and make money again mm-hmm. when you ain't got no money to rebuild? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So as we're wrapping up the conversation, I didn't even realize we have eight minutes left. What can black people, what do you want black people to know and understand about Latinx culture going forward? Like how can we make strides in like bridging the gap? If you don't have an answer, that's okay too. Um, Do you have an answer? Yes. Okay. Hi. (laughs) Hi, everyone, again. (laughs) Um, My answer to that is just patience. Mm -hmm. I understand that the patience is thin, which is understandably. I owe it to black women that if you threw, you threw. Pass it over to somebody that's not through yet, though. Mm-hmm. Like, for me to have the, the time and conversation to, for somebody that's going to have the patience and understanding, but also wants to be educated. Mm-hmm. I think education is a very big thing about this topic because um, I was bringing up earlier, like, when it comes to Tracy Ellis Ross, we love her. We celebrate her so much for somebody that is full into their blackness. Mm-hmm. Sis is biracial, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether people want to accept that shit or not, she is. Um, and she was empowered to be in her blackness because she was empowered by both of her parents to accept and embrace her blackness. When you are empowered to historically and then also culturally and then in your own childhood embrace your blackness... It is easier for you to say that you are both, not have issues in identifying. Mm -hmm. When you historically come from uh, regimes, governments, if people that have a race, that have, um, you know, killed off, (laughs) which is the truth, um, enslaved, um, and have constantly changed the way you view history about what blackness is as a constant negative thing, you're not going to feel open to accept that blackness no matter what you look like. Mm-hmm. I could be dark as you and still say I'm not black, which is how most of them still are responding mm-hmm. to that topic of conversation because it's embedded in them historically mm-hmm. that that is not the way of life, that that is not um, how you're going to get through life or that's not how you're going to make it one day because of being black. It's seen as a negative thing. So until we stop, um, I guess, basically putting that stride against each other in that way, then maybe uh, I feel we can finally bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Just give us some patience because there is that there. I can't erase that history because mm-hmm. it's through all those Latino countries. But what I'm asking is for you to have the opportunity that if we crossing over, have a handout at least and say it's okay mm-hmm. to be both. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I'm both. That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it may not be easy for everybody, but if you know, just get to know other people that don't look like you. Right. Have conversations. Right. I think that's why how, how we learn, right? Right. The more folks you talk to, the more people you learn, you you know, can learn from. It's powerful. Yeah. I just was going to ask you, um, as a black person, a black American, what is it about? Um, oh. Jesus. Okay. Um, three, two, one. Um, as a black person, as a black American, what do you want the Latinx culture to know and understand about you? Oh, that's kind of deep. Um, 
I mean, I think, you know, we're much stronger together. I think that's my biggest thing, you know. Um, I think it's important, obviously, to know who we are and be true to who we are, but I think we're much stronger together. And let's just learn from each other. Um, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that deep. <laughs> Listen, it's um, okay. Mine's do acts gets deep. Okay. Yeah. No. Nah, you know, like I said, I, I'm just learning. I'm, I'm all about learning, and I think that's the most. You just got to be open, open to learn, because when right. you closed off, that's what we get. What we got right now. Right. You know, be open to learn. Be open to grow. Uh, I think powerful things could happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why this platform is built. That's why this conversation is happening today. And again, I appreciate you all so much mm-hmm. for contributing. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot. Every time me and Jamila talk about this, I feel like it's a whole ass history lesson. <laughs> and I it, appreciate it so much. Um, so thank you again for being here. Let's just do a quick round table for you can like spew out your social, mm-hmm. what people what you have coming up, where you want people to find you. Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Whoever wants to All start. right, I'll start it off. My name, like I said, my name is Marquise. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, the Marquise F M A R Q U I S E. And he got the blue check, got so he verified. Check. He um, oh, you got the blue check. Yeah. Check me out. <laughs> check me out on Yahoo News. I cover you know a bunch of news and national stories. Next, I'll be at Afrotech in what a week and a half out mm-hmm. in Oakland, California. Oh, yeah. I'll be on a couple panels. So, oh, you'll be on a panel too. Uh, you okay, know, okay, complex. Um, but uh, that's what the blue yeah. check gets you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, can I come to your baby shower? Yeah, it's gonna be beautiful. That's <laughs> facts. Yeah, no, yeah. but like, I'm really there for the party. All right, like, that's what's gonna oh, be lit. Like, oh, absolutely. Yes. You don't see it, but it's, it's gonna be a vibe. <laughs> okay. Like I see the vision already. Yes, okay. absolutely. Sorry, I wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> my name, yeah. So it's Paola. Uh, you can follow me at don't laugh, at, don't laugh <laughs> at Chocolate Goddess on Instagram. You better get it, sis. Oh, that's <laughs> got it. And her content popping too. Okay, mm-hmm. follow you right now. <laughs> um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Jamila. Um, and you can find me at Jamila Chai on IG and Twitter where I'm mostly popping my shit. So Yes. Popping shit, looking bomb. Oh. Yes. Everything. I just like I'm just such and not even on some weird shit. Like you guys are my friends, so I'm just such big fans of yours and like I just am just in awe. So yeah. Um and so then uh, for me, yeah you guys already know who I am. Simone, my at name is via Simone, via dot Simone, actually on Instagram and via Simone underscore on Twitter. Make sure that you follow this page, not this page, this podcast on um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bonnets Durags. There's no and. Um, B-O-N-N-E-T-S-D-U-R-A-G-S on all socials. Um, and until next time, y'all, stay tuned. Bye. Bye. Bye.